This is episode oh. 24. Hold on. Holding. Hold on. Wait. What's this one? This isn't the heist music. That's just... Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> oh. In the last episode, we were talking about how Jason is not a podcast editor. Wait for it. This is proven by the fact that he's now playing a song through the speakers <laughs> for your enjoyment so that he can play it from YouTube through the speakers so that it can come into the microphones so that you can hear it when instead he could just post a link to this. It doesn't get going ever. What? No, it's just stealth music. That's like, it's just the sneaky part. Instead of me editing this in so that it sounds good. That's okay. not right either. So you gotta edit some heist music in. I don't know. I think I prefer making fun of you okay. for playing it the wrong way. Fine. That goes in the in the little pre. That's the way we do. That's how we do, you know? Yeah, or that's outtakes. So. <laughs> okay, here we go. So. To the Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. If you have a guest from the Jason's trying to play you heist music. <laughs> High tech. Debacle. Yeah. Debacle. <laughs> I'll call it the incident. The incident. This episode is about heist movies. Yes. Because heist movies are Jason's favorite thing in the world. Oh, it's my go-to when I get sick once or twice a year. I will just lay out, right? Just He will just lay on the couch and watch heist movies all day long. For like and two days, three days straight, just shut the world out. He'll. We were just talking about vacations. That's kind of what this is, right? And he'll watch some of the same movies over and over and over again, but, but then he's always looking for new heist movies. So if you know any good heist oh, movies... I'm always on the hunt for new heist movies. You know movies. what? Go post them on the forum. Please do. And we're going to actually share a handful of our favorite heist movies. So if you haven't with seen the them, show notes. you can go and see them. Yeah, but the relevance here, uh, because there is actually a point to what it is that we're talking about, is that the, the, there are huge similarities between... Planning a proper heist and planning a proper project. Because you're a nerd. I'm such so a nerd. So recently, Jason was coaching a team on a project and talking to them about why it actually matters that we plan our construction projects so properly. This, this team still to date doesn't properly plan their projects. There's no process for it. They've been in business for decades. And still, when a job comes to the four, then they just start running. Well, and often there's a feeling that that's what they need to do. It's mm -hmm. important. We got to start right now. We don't have time to plan. If we're not turning wrenches on the project, then we are losing money and we're behind, right? There's that, that sort of self-inflicted urgency that exists. Mm -hmm. And if you really know how to do it, then what's the point of planning? Mm -hmm. Just make the decisions as you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just decide when we're in the thick of it, we don't need to know what we don't know. But that's not what Mark Wahlberg does. It is not. Is it? No, no. In Italian, yeah, that's. So the point that I made. The point we that I made. almost lost it. Yeah. Don't get me started on uh, what Italian job or or what have you. Um, but the point that I made in talking to the construction team is, 
this is literally a million dollar project. It's literally a million dollar heist, mm -hmm. right? I mean, hopefully more upstanding than that. But the idea is the <laughs> same, that there's a million dollars on the table and we could win big and we could lose big. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We really could all go to jail. <laughs> that is a possibility. Really true. Yeah, that's that a possibility. really true. Yeah. People's lives are at stake. Yeah. We right? really could be seriously injured. Mm -hmm. And then you could say, well, it's, you know, a million dollars, but what's the net, right? Mm -hmm. How much profit is actually in there? The truth, though, is that a heist is also not actually that full value. Mm -hmm. So if you've seen heist movies, they're always buying equipment. They have their... I need an infrared detector. Yeah, and then next scene, they just have it. Nobody quibbles over spending money on the infrared detector. I need a helicopter. Yeah. Right. What about the house that we all plan our, our heist in? Usually, like, made of brick, and it's kind of, like, near to the place that they're heisting. It's invisible in plain sight. Yeah, like, it looks kind of run down, and there's, like, a table where everybody can sit and drink, like, beer or wine or, or whatever or, while they plan their heist. Or espresso. Yeah, for sure. Right? What about all the costumes? Mm -hmm. Right? That's that's a non-zero number. I mean, how many mustaches do you buy? <laughs> that was it. Or like a um, like a cable guy. What? That was why we why bought did the you, mustaches. Why did you send all these mustaches? That to was his jetpack last week. Yes. <laughs> so I win. You win. Okay. Fair. But the point is that there's a lot of money involved in a heist just getting it set up properly and planning it properly. In planning, mm -hmm. and I guess that's the important part because yes, when we do a construction project, mm -hmm. yes, we pay for the equipment that we're going to use and yep. we pay for the materials that we're going and to use. And the labor, everybody gets a cut, right? But also, all of that money happening in the heist movie before they do the heist, mm -hmm. that's the money they invest in planning. Yep. And so when we start talking about, let's have a, a planning meeting, and then what we hear is, yeah, that's everybody's time for three, four hours or days or just doing all of this planning. That's mm -hmm. money that we're spending. But the truth is we're spending money that makes our project safer, mm -hmm. more profitable, more predictable, lower stress for everyone, lower risk. So that investment, it's a worthwhile investment. So what would happen if you, you watch a heist movie and pick, you know, one of your favorite ones and one of my favorite series is Money Heist, Casa de Papel. Mm -hmm. uh, what would happen in that heist if they literally spent no time planning? It would be the shittiest heist movie ever. Well, there there's a, a sell. There's an appeal to that type of movie too but that's not a heist movie oh it is a heist movie if i have never seen a heist movie where well, well, no one plans anything and they all just meet up outside the bank one day and go hey want to rob this bank yeah, so sure let's I, do it i think it's a fair point but there there are different families of, of heist movies mm -hmm. and but a proper heist movie yes it does require planning that's the whole point of a heist movie mm -hmm. and so if if we're going to pull off this heist and we've spent zero time getting to know our team, setting expectations, mm -hmm. you know, creating lines of communication, planning for the worst, if we've done none of that preparation, how in the world would we expect that that job would go well? It's not a heist. It's just a bank robbery. It, it's, yeah, it's just a robbery. It's right? just a robbery. And it's going to go poorly. And what does that look like? So think about that for Dog a minute. Dog day so, afternoon. Yeah. So think about a bank robbery movie. Mm-hmm where they just come in with brute force, mm -hmm. they wave their guns around, mm -hmm. and it either goes well or it goes poorly. Right. That is what a project kind of looks like when yeah. we didn't plan. Yeah. We go in. Tempers are high. All we have is yeah. brute force. Yeah. So it's either you won't get paid mm -hmm. or uh, I won't I won't do the work. We line up, wind up in litigation. Now picture 
what, Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. where the goal is to get in and get out, and no one even ever really knows a heist happened. And no one knows what happened. Right? Everything flows smoothly. Mm-hmm. Everyone uses charisma, mm-hmm. uses, uses finesse. finesse. Mm-hmm. So what kind of project do you want to be on? One that's just loud and explosive and all Do you want to be on a bank robbery or do you want to be on a casino heist? Super smooth heist. Come on. (laughs) So uh, there are a number of pieces, though, that we want to be mindful of. And number one is setting expectations with the client. So if we're being hired to perform this project, to perform this this job, Mm -hmm. it's important that we have clear expectations set with a person that we're doing it for, Mm -hmm. right? So whether we're we're dealing with Danny Oceans or whether we're dealing with uh, (laughs) Kiefer Sutherland or whoever is is the- the Kiefer Sutherland. Italian job. Oh, right, Right. that's right, I forgot about that. All I was thinking of was Marky Mark. No, no, no. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland was the patriarch. That's right. right? And, well, not I the wanna, patriarchy. I, I I was gonna say what happened. Yep, with, don't, but don't I didn't want to spoil the don't movie. Spoil so it. so uh, it's important though that whoever the client is, we're setting the expectation for the outcome. We need to understand what it is that that they want and mm-hmm. what it is that we want, and mm-hmm. make sure that we're on the same page before we accept the project, before yep. we accept the job. Yeah, because a ten percent cut is mm-hmm. really different than a fifty percent cut. Right. Right. Or we need to know what secret thing is in there so we can make sure that we get it and mm-hmm. give the client what they need. Um, but I think one thing that, that we run into often is the leader of the team, the leader of the heist team, the leader of the project team is unsure of themselves, mm-hmm. is shakable, mm-hmm. is, is a person who, who isn't necessarily the, the strongest leader. And mm-hmm. in that role, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be fallible, yeah. but you need to be self assured. Mm-hmm. You need to be confident. Mm-hmm. You need to be capable. You need to build trust and rapport with your team. Mm-hmm. Right? You need Danny Ocean. Mm-hmm. And and to, to mix our references for a minute, uh, we have a, a session where we like to show a clip from Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Where the... Adama. Yeah. So basically in this show, it's a, it's a science fiction show and the planet that they're from has been destroyed and now they are what's left of humanity looking for a new place and being chased by the bad guys and they're terrified and everyone has given up hope everyone is demoralized because there it's not even one planet i think mm-hmm. there were several planets mm-hmm. and they're all just gone and mm-hmm. everyone and everything that we've ever built is gone and everyone is ready to just give up mm-hmm. and the admiral now adama has the job of basically he doesn't know if they can survive, but he knows that they definitely won't unless everybody picks their head up and has a little bit of faith. Mm-hmm. And so he has a speech in which he outlines just how dire everything is and then tells them that he knows where the safe new planet. So it's Earth. He knows where Earth is mm-hmm. and they can go there and be safe. And no one else knows, but he knows where it is. He's lying. He's lying. Right. The truth is, it's a myth as far as he knows. And he knows nothing about where any place they can go might mm-hmm. be. But the point is that sometimes for the morale of your team, you need to be that unshakable Danny Ocean character, mm-hmm. even if you don't really know what you're going to do next. And in a best case scenario, you're one step ahead of the opposition. You're one step ahead of the opponent. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you're thinking and planning ahead mm-hmm. so that you can be the leader that's required to actually be able to pull this thing off successfully. Mm-hmm. So it's important that even before we start the job, that we take proper time and care to build 
the cohesive or the cohesion of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you think about a heist movie, again, in Money Heist, which is the Netflix show that's mm-hmm. Jason's favorite yes. heist, uh, it's months, mm-hmm. months that they're living in some little villa out in the countryside in Spain planning this heist. Mm-hmm. And even in what uh, I think it was an 80s movie, 90s movie, Sneakers. And in that movie, they spent time together and you're learning about all the weird quirks of the team members and what have you and Mm -hmm. what you like and what you love and what you hate about them. Uh, But it's kind of the get to know you piece so that we can actually come together when we need to, Mm -hmm. to be able to be successful on the project. Um, And in that case, when we move forward, the leader still needs to trust his team or her team with mm-hmm. with their life, but still should verify that everything is moving the way that it should, because mm-hmm. that's your job. Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that we see in heist movies is that everybody's got the radios. Oh, super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they're not right? <laughs> like, wait, what's the next del chirp? <laughs> no, yeah. it's the remember? Yeah. Like I hear it every yeah. time and I'm back in roofing world. Yeah. <laughs> or super cool hand signals that mean like roll out or the fuzz are here or whatever it is. We need to create clear lines of communication so that our team is always in the know about the status of the project. Mm-hmm. If we don't create those clear lines of communication and plan for how that those lines might change over the course of the project, mm-hmm. then we're more likely to miss things. We're more likely to have conflict. We're more likely to blow the heist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is uh, our son just went last night to the Nerf park mm-hmm. with a friend of his and they always separate them into separate teams when they go and play all the games that they play. And he said they let them be on the same team and they had all of these like plays that they were running. Yeah. Right. Where just like a football go, team. He would go flank them mm-hmm. and they both knew what that meant. And he yeah. said, if I had to stand there and explain what I meant by mm-hmm. let's flank them, mm-hmm. then we would have both been out of the game before we even got started because yeah. we'd be standing there explaining it to each other and getting pelted by nerf darts. Yeah. But instead we have a play, we have a plan and yeah, like football, but like nerf darts is funnier to me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But yeah, I, I think uh, football is more accessible for most folks who are listening. That the idea that you would have a play mm-hmm. that you practice and practice and practice and you run, mm-hmm. and there are ways of communication, blue twenty-two or whatever, mm-hmm. that means something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's important that our team understands the language that we're using mm-hmm. and has the proper vehicle to deliver that information. Yep, I still think the picture of two thirteen-year-olds getting pelted <laughs> with nerf darts while they try to explain to each other what flanking Flank means means go over there, and I'll go over there. It's actually a term that originated during medieval battles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, another another stereotypical piece of heist movies mm-hmm. are roles. And we touched on this a couple weeks ago, right? Where we said Dakota's the safe cracker. Yeah. You're the Mark Wahlberg. Yep. I'm the tech nerd with the eight ball in my mouse. And we're going to have our, our, heist posh, our heist poster posted to Jarrett's and Jarrett's mm-hmm. so that everybody can appreciate that uh, handy footwork by uh, Jarrett mm-hmm. yeah, of our heist movie poster. So it's important that we properly define our roles on, on the crew, on the mm-hmm. project team. So who is going to be the uh, uh, tech savvy whiz, the person who's mm-hmm. going to crack into the security or uh, suppress the alarms, mm-hmm. who is going to be the brute force if we need that, mm-hmm. right? who's going to be the person who uh, is is the uh, 
what social savant who can mm-hmm. navigate and, and maneuver into any social situation unbeknownst to the target. Yeah. Right. What are the That's rules? That's often the girl. What other is it? Yeah, a lot of times, like girls can girls can get into places and move around in places it's where true. like guys would be more suspicious. Yeah. So there are all of those stereotypical roles, but. On project teams, it's important that we define and communicate who's doing what. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't define who has what role, we're much more likely to have miscommunication. And again, blow the heist. Mm-hmm. We're, Remember, wasn't Charlize Theron the cable guy in the Italian yeah. job? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was. It was fantastic. So who's the cable guy? Yeah. Right. Who's the person who's going to to work themselves into uh, the, the secret places that you have to? Well, and we often think that we do this mm-hmm. because we go on and we go, well, I'm the project manager. You're the project engineer. Mm-hmm. You're the foreman. That's all we need to know. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that that there is a lot more room within here to kind of understand who's going to play which roles. Mm-hmm. We talk in tech writing about the fact that you had a superintendent mm-hmm. who was kind of your pit bull. Yeah. Who would go in and bark mm-hmm. and then they would come to you yeah. as the project manager and, and say, come on, be reasonable. And you'd say, as long as you work with me, yeah. you don't have to get barked at I, anymore. I will call him off mm-hmm. as, long as, as long as you can work with me. Those are rules mm-hmm. that are very separate from what our job duties are. You don't see that on job description. Mm-hmm. Go and bark at that person but because we, that's part of our strategy. Mm-hmm. But we plan how we're going to deal with this. And even more fundamentally, uh, if you're the project manager, I just met with folks last week and and there were two new roles that were defined and they had never seen their job description. Mm-hmm. And I said, get your job description in hand. Let's have a discussion about it. Let's mm-hmm. make sure you understand what those things mean because having a job description thrown at you is not the same thing as actually discussing what your responsibilities mean. Mm-hmm. What is the larger context of your responsibility? Mm-hmm. And some of this even comes back to as you start to take the first steps into interacting with the other people on the project. So uh, another cross-reference is uh, another show we really like is House of Lies. And House of Lies is about... So a good. It's really good. Don it's, Cheadle. Yes, it's about a group of consultants. So obviously we like it for reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that I love that, that happens in that show is they have a team and they have a plan. And they go in and they meet the leadership of the company that they're working with. If someone on the company seems to really mesh well with someone on the team who was not supposed to be the lead. So we've got Kristen Bell. Who doesn't love Kristen Bell? Right. She's adorable. And if if she goes in and the people on the team are just really responding positively to her instead of to Marty, who's Don Cheadle, then all of a sudden he'll say, you know what? She's going to take lead on this yeah. project. You know what? She's going to be the one who's going to meet with you guys. So I think this is something that we often on construction projects, we say, this is the person who's going to go to these, these project meetings, these client meetings. Mm-hmm. And then they don't hit it off well with mm-hmm. the team and there's a problem and there's someone else who could be better fit for that. And just because we didn't plan it that way, then we don't play it that way. You have to be able to pivot. You, you have, have to, to be, be able, responsive. You have to be able to react to the changing environment. Mm-hmm. So recognize these these pieces, these psychological pieces, these personality pieces and saying, you know what? This person actually gets along great with the project team. So we're going to send them to the project meetings, mm-hmm. even though that's not specifically mm-hmm. normally their role. But we need to make sure that they have everything they need to be prepared for it mm-hmm. as best as possible. So they say that no battle plan ever survives contact with the enemy mm-hmm. because the minute that, that we're in battle, 
then those plans change. Are we bringing in Sun Tzu now? Yeah, we okay. are. We always bring in Sun Tzu eventually. Right. So He's dreamy. He is. It's true. Yeah. So we, we need to build the plan and not think that it's not important, mm-hmm. even though once we get on the battlefield, that plan is going to change. Mm-hmm. And again, you see that every single time you watch a heist movie where yeah. there is a well-defined plan. And that's always the part where they tell you the plan mm-hmm. and they don't tell you the secondary plan yeah. that they made. So then when stuff goes sideways, mm-hmm. you go, oh no, everything's going to blow up. And then they move into their secondary plan mm-hmm. and everything actually goes well. So. With, with planning our heist, it's important that we get comfortable with the idea of the cost associated with planning the heist. Mm-hmm. It's an investment, but it's a well-placed investment. It, at the meeting that I had had last week, we were using the heist analogy for the project. I had said every single question that we're identifying right now, every mm-hmm. single risk that we're identifying right now, all of these things will come out over mm-hmm. the course of the project. It's just that they come out one at a time and mm-hmm. they come out when we have the least ability to react to them. And some of the time they come out after they have already caused a negative consequence. Yeah, so we just experience those one at a time. It's mm-hmm. death by a thousand cuts and then that creates conflict and friction and whose fault is it? I'm pointing fingers at everybody. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we get our heads together and spend time and spend money up front and early, then our job is going to go much cleaner Mm -hmm. because we've already thought through 85% of the questions that are going to come up. Yep. Those are costs that we don't incur later. Mm -hmm. So you touched on it a moment ago when we were talking about what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. What could go wrong with this heist? What could go wrong on the project? Mm And we, that, that's a place where I spend a lot of time when we kick off projects properly mm-hmm. is trying to identify what are things that, that we should be thinking about right now. If, if everything goes to crap, where is it going to happen? Where yep. is it likely to happen? Yep. And we identify those things in construction projects with the use of a risk log where we, we identify all of the things that could conceivably go wrong, that have high values, that have high costs, that have high risk. And identify each and every one of those and assess a dollar value. Mm -hmm. What could go wrong? And then the next question is identifying what is our response to it? What steps are we going to take to reduce the likelihood or the severity of that particular impact? And as we move forward in the job, then we're measuring the changes that we're making and measuring the the changes to the impacts Mm -hmm. on that risk log to continually be reducing the risk on the project. So this is that plan B that we don't mm-hmm. find out in the heist movie until afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Where they they pivot, they solve the problem, and then we see the conversation where they go, but if so-and-so has a guard at mm-hmm. the vault door, yeah. here's what we'll do. Right. And stereotypically on heist movies, there's someone who turns. There's a turn code mm-hmm. on the team. I like to refer to this as the Ed Norton. The Ed Norton. To go back again to the Italian job. The Ed Norton effect. The Ed, you can tell... The Italian job is one that happens pretty much every time Jason has a sick day. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like kind of the beginning. It's like that's how you like start the heist movie day Mm, with the Italian job. Although not a heist movie, the professional is up there. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah. So it's heist esque. It is. It's, it suggests of heist. <laughs> um, so someone turns on you, and and 
in the heist movie, this is someone who is trusted on the team. And although it doesn't necessarily play out exactly like that on a construction project, mm-hmm. you should still be thinking about what happens if we lose someone? What mm-hmm. happens if if something happens to the team members mm-hmm. that now we can't count on them? So mm-hmm. we should be coming up with a contingency plan that doesn't break or destroy the trust and faith of the whole team. Mm-hmm. But we need as, as leadership, we need to be able to anticipate that and protect against it. Mm-hmm. And this kind of brings in the redundancy piece. If we lose somebody, if somebody is is compromised, mm-hmm. what is our plan? Right? Yep. What is our plan? How much cross coverage do we have on the team? If we really only have one tech person who's capable of doing anything mm-hmm. and we lose that person, we're in a heap of trouble. Yep. We need to have that plan B. Yep. Danny Ocean always has like a list of contacts, yeah. right? Oh yeah. That's, yeah. That's where we need to be. So what about when someone fails to perform, right? That they, they. Well, often here we think someone said they were capable of doing a job and then they showed up and it turned out that they weren't. And, you know, this is somewhere in a recent training session, someone said they lied to me. <laughs> right. They said they could do this. Right. And they lied. Yeah. But I think if you think about this one in the heist movie analogy, it makes a lot of sense. So think about this one. You have the kid who's good at technology, mm-hmm. who has been a hacker for years and can get into all the security systems. But if you put him into the actual heist, running from the police or being in a place he's not supposed he's to be. He's got five minutes to do this, otherwise he's going to jail. He suddenly cracks mm-hmm. under the pressure because he was prepared for the the details of the job, but he was not prepared for the pressure mm-hmm. of being in a heist. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, I think we often have people who come on the team and they know how to do the work that they told you they knew how to do, mm-hmm. But there is a lot of pressure on a construction project. And sometimes that pressure can can get to people, especially when we haven't planned, which increases the pressure. Voices start getting loud. People start getting angry. Mm-hmm. Tempers get frayed. And then all of a sudden, people who could do the job before no longer can. So we need to prep them for mm-hmm. what that pressure is going to look like and be thoughtful about the idea that Perhaps we can give them a little bit of a bubble, Mm -hmm. uh, give them a little bit of a a buffer Mm -hmm. to help them be able to focus on the Mm -hmm. task that they should be focusing on. It's important to know not just, you know, again, I think we we talked about that psychological aspect Mm -hmm. of who gets along better with people on the project team and how does that work? And I think in the same way, we need to think about for every one of my team members, how do they do under pressure? Mm -hmm. How do they do under extreme pressure? Because you likely will have some people who behave the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. And and that might be staying cool under pressure and you might put one person in in that, in that instance or someone who gets angry and barks under mm-hmm. pressure yeah. and you might want to use them. But understanding the difference between those two and understanding that you have this third person who just crumbles under pressure mm-hmm. and how can we maneuver things to keep them out of that pressure. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a thing we often don't think of at all. We think about the work. We think about the widgets and the wrenches and the screws. And we don't think about all of these pieces that are just as important a part of leading a team. So there's always the unexpected twist in the heist movie where mm-hmm. it's going along in a predictable way. And uh, the, the movie twists or it tilts mm-hmm. in a way that was not predictable. Mm-hmm. It's usually part of the fun of the movie. Mm-hmm. And and it something happens that no one could have anticipated. And then the question is, does the team survive that? Mm-hmm. When that twist happens, do they question each other? Mm-hmm. Right? Do they doubt each other? Do they feel like they've been betrayed by someone? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
or do they actually stick close to each other and lean on each other mm -hmm. and use all of the planning that they have in place to better respond to the situation? And this is a place where really, truly just having the language for it can be a major help. So we have a game that we play. We have a heist game, actually. Mm -hmm. You can see where this is a theme here. Oh, yes. Uh, that we play during conflict management. And basically we go along and we set the stage for this heist that we're on. And then there's a phase in the middle of the game that's called the tilt. Mm -hmm. And when the tilt happens, that is exactly the thing that we're talking about. It's the unexpected twist in the heist that everyone has to deal with. But the truth is on a construction project, just having that, that phraseology, understanding that sometimes a big thing happens that changes the game mm -hmm. and being able to say, you know what, this is the tilt. Mm -hmm. We need to have a meeting because yeah. This just tilted, and we need to figure out how we're going to respond to what just changed. So there, in Seattle, a crane just went down, and it's super tragic, um, but that is the tilt for that That's project, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm sure that they prepared for, for that situation. I'm mm -hmm. sure they had a response plan for that situation. And the better prepared that you are for all of the little items, the better prepared you are at dealing with the things that are predictable. Then when the tilt happens, you have more resources and more bandwidth to actually be able to respond to those very serious and sometimes unavoidable situations. Well, and I think it also gives you kind of a meter mm -hmm. to say something happens and you go, is this a tilt mm -hmm. or is this just a change? Yeah. Right. Because there are a lot of little changes and it kind of gives you your own meter to say, is this a change that affects everything and everyone that we need to pause mm -hmm. and decide how to deal with? Or is this just a small change and we can just respond to it and roll with mm -hmm. it? So the hope is that if you properly plan and prepare the team and build cohesion and build communication and anticipate what could go wrong before you get there, mm -hmm. we're rooting out 95, 96, 97% of the things that will go wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be perfect. There are things that are still going to go wrong, but if we remove the vast majority of those interruptions, then what you're left with are dealing with only tilt items. Um, and in that sense, then your projects are going to be much more successful and much more predictable. And you're going to be able to successfully escape the heist uh, with the million dollars in tow. And maybe after you walk out the door in your street clothes, undetected by anyone. Sunglasses. <laughs> then maybe you'll even have time at the end of the job to go home and put on the Italian job. Ooh, love it. <laughs> or just lose yourself for three days on Money Heist. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have a lot of time, mm -hmm. then you can take on Money Heist, which yeah. is a whole series. Yeah. New season coming out like oh, next month? Yeah. I can't wait for it. Oh, so in addition to preparing for a trip to Hawaii, we mm -hmm. need to prepare for your three-day money heist. I don't think binge. it's going to take three days <laughs> to get through one season. I could do it in a day. Stay up all night. One day, done. <laughs> all right. So what else? I think that covers it. Okay. I think that covers it. So this is uh, this has been episode. 24, planning the perfect heist, mm -hmm. right? You can find us at www.thecriticalpathwithmaryandjason.com, on Twitter, at Arcade Wayfinder, on LinkedIn, Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Dakota Gates, you're Gates going, Sturgeon. You're going too fast. Okay. What do you want? I guess I guess we planned this out very well. <laughs> so you, what, you need room for your, your spinster or whatever no. it is you're going to do? <laughs> spinster? No, that's old. <laughs> Ooh. Where else can you find us, Jason? You can find us on Analog Telephone. 
No, you can't. We literally don't own an analog telephone. We're in the white pages. I probably. Look, I mean, up, no. I guess look we us aren't. up in the white pages. We can't be in the white pages because we don't have a landline anywhere. I'm in the white pages. Hashtag. I'm in the white pages. Yeah. Jetpack. So what is the jetpack? I think we had one earlier when we were so. talking about heist movies. No, we didn't. All right, then it's uh, hashtag Jason is Mark Wahlberg. Okay. <laughs> that gets. I'm... Wait, no, you're the love child of Ooh. George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Mash it up. Mash up. Uh, With a little dash of Clo- El Professor. Clooney Wahlberg mash up. Love yeah. child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So everybody, let us know how your heists are going. Let us know if you need any help planning. Absolutely. We are here for you and we're happy to help out. And come check out the forum at www.jarrettsandjarrettes.com. It's our fan page. Yeah. We really want to, we really would love to get some, some voices going on the forum and get mm-hmm. some people chatting about business and heists and Jarrett's amazing artwork. And favorite heist movies. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Stay tuned for outtakes. I don't know if we have any. See, it was just too clean. We don't outtake. Yeah, we're just <laughs> cut right through. Me and you. Man, <laughs> this is the no outtake outtakes. It's true. These are our outtake lists. We're too good. This heist was just pulled off too cleanly. It was like the lady heist. It was. The, was it? Ocean's 8? Yeah, that was a great one. It was pretty good. It was like Anne Hathaway came in and just saved the day, which I don't usually like Anne Hathaway. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, who does? I mean, she was a shitty Catwoman. But in, in that, she was Catwoman? Yeah. You don't remember she did the, like, on the ledge with the super high heels on, and then she ended up marrying Batman or whatever? I mean, oh, not marrying, no. but they, like, went away together and everything. No. Yeah, Anne Hathaway. I don't remember that one. Which Batman did she marry? I guess, God, was it Ben Affleck? I don't know. Feels right. Feels right. But then, like, he went on to do all the other movies and we never see Catwoman at all. So what does that mean? Are they done? Ben Are they Aff- done, Ben Affleck was in The Town, which was a heist movie. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good one. And wasn't his brother in that one, too? I think so. Uh, Sten Affleck? Casey. Oh. Casey Affleck. Yeah. Who was actually really good in, what, was that 100 Cigarettes? That was a good one. Was it, it wasn't 100, though, was it? Was it 100, 100 cigarettes? 100 cigarettes. Or 99, 100. I, I, I don't I'll know. Just we'll have to up. look it up. But it yeah. had Casey Affleck, and it also had um, Courtney Love. Mm, yeah. It was a really good movie. Yeah. But it was not a heist movie. Bank job. What was Jason Statham. Oh, well, now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. And I think that one was based on a <laughs> Does he wear a turtleneck in it? Uh, probably. Because that's think, my favorite Jason Statham. I think he usually wears either a turtleneck or nothing and just covered in oil. Oh, no. That was the transporter. That was the was. best scene in the transporter. It was. was yeah. the oil fight scene. Yeah. Wasn't a, wasn't a heist movie, but something worth transporter watching. Transporter is, like, close. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a, a friend of the family it heist is. movies. Yeah. And, and one of the topics I didn't want to talk about in this episode uh, were all of the heist movies that were not proper heist movies, mm-hmm. like uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and mm-hmm. Snatch, and... See, it's all friends of the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dog Day Afternoon, you did mention. Dog Day Afternoon, that was just a bank robbery. Yep, that's... Uh, and it went wrong. What a lot of construction went projects Went super wrong. Like. And uh, what else? Um, uh, usual Suspects. Usual Suspects with Kevin Spacey. Is that not a heist movie? It was.
was a high school movie. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But I, we didn't talk about it. Yep. Uh, and Who is Kaiser Soze, though? Uh, well, I'll tell you. No, you can't. In the next episode. <laughs> you can't, because they might not have seen it. Yeah. Uh, man. No more. Reservoir Dogs. Was that a high school movie? It was. Really? Check it out. I hate Reservoir Dogs. Heat. He was okay, mm-hmm. but like, man, Val Palmer was so gross in that. He was gross in it, but you know, anytime you get De Niro and Pacino, Pacino, it's a good combo. Yeah. But I want him to be like bros, though, instead well, of enemies. He always, well, but they kind of were. I don't know. You, ha- you have to watch it again. No, I mean, I know they kind of were, but they also kind of weren't. Yeah. So you, know? you always, it always made you question who was on the right side. Right. Yeah. I like in it, Godfather how they're actually father and son. Ooh. There's no heists in Godfather. With the flashback? Yeah. But it's all of like Godfather 2, right? That's right. Where like De Niro is yeah. Marlon Brando. Yeah. Good times. But you never get to see them together though. I know. Well, you do, but he's Marlon Brando when you see him together. Yeah, he's old with the yeah. oranges in his mouth. But you know that he has <laughs> De Niro in him. You know? It's true. You know what's funny? When I was a kid, nope. I saw that movie, like my, my parents were Godfather. watching it. Yeah. And all I remember about it mm-hmm. is being afraid of Marlon Brando with the orange in his mouth. Why? Oh, because he was the grandfather. Yeah, right? it was scary. Yeah. But the funny thing is that there's like horse heads going on and yeah. people getting shot to bits. And Never I don't mind remember that. any of that. Yeah. All I remember is being like, oh, I don't like the old man with the orange in his mouth. <laughs> but she was doing that to like entertain a yeah. child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm weird. <laughs> yeah, you are. But he was being like a monkey or something, too. Yeah, he was, he was acting weird and yeah. I'm freaked out. And then he died, which is probably why, like, really freaked probably me out. more traumatic. That. Probably traumatized by okay. that, but, you know. Well, do do what you will with that mess. <laughs> That's called outtakes, yeah. Jason. It's called outtakes. Yeah. Watch for it. Watch for it. <laughs>